welcome to the North Bank podcast where today we are celebrating our first victory over Man City since 2015, 21st of December 2015, Walcott and Giroud scored for us and Yaya Toure got a consolation late on for them. As ever, I'm joined by a very tired but elated Steph and Chris. Hi guys. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) 24 hours later, three broken men. (laughs) <laughs> I need I need one of those party things that you blow and they unravel you know, the things that you, with a sort of sad note dying at the end because I'm just exhausted but it was all worth it oh wasn't it just but but why are you exactly why are you exhausted that's that's the that's the focus okay Steph I'm starting with you okay because you were a realistic apparently yep um erring on the side of defeat Yep. So what's your your main takeaway after we erred on the side of victory, just, as it turned out? The way the game panned out is just relief. <laughs> it's just brilliant. And it's... I think the thing that struck me most, aside from all the chaos actually in the ground, was reading um, Arteta say to the question put to him, that you know, how does it feel to have, have got over, you know, so long having not beaten Manchester City... And he said, look, you know, it's okay. We've beaten Manchester City. This is all part of the journey. And I just thought, yeah, do you know what? This might not be the end. Oh, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's lovely. I did like that. Um, and it, I love that way of thinking about it because we could sit here and crow and, you know, show off and strut and say that this is, you know, the the sort of the epitome. Um, and I, I've read someone describe Man City as our Everest as well and it's like well yeah to a point but actually this we've got to make this kind of thing routine so long may it continue we're at risk of sounding like Spurs getting a 2-2 draw at our place a few weeks ago or beating the bottom four in their six uh, opening games (laughs) it's all relative it's all relative exactly go on then Chris what's your main takeaway then I would say in the previous pods where I've complained about us being too emotional at home. I think this was the first time that we obeyed instruction and ignored the crowd's clamours for, you know, when the kind of come on Arsenal starts up, you know that there's a kind of tension in the crowd and the, and the players, although there were nerves, they were clearly sticking to the plan and they delivered it and they didn't seem to get too engaged emotionally, uh, which I was delighted about. Yeah, I kind of, somewhat echo that I, I've just written down controlled mature performance hmm. you know City's last shot of any description was in the 58th minute we went 1-0 up with four minutes of normal time to go plus four minutes of stoppage time City didn't threaten no it, it was just a bit surreal so it was I, like you it was emotional but the, the, there was a right balance between the emotion and the control and and it did get off to a nervy start which we will touch upon obviously um but yeah they they absolutely stuck to their guns and didn't listen to the crowd and ultimately controlled the game although yes it didn't necessarily or always feel like that at the time mm. but um yeah controlled mature performance that was my takeaway but also game 8 of the season and is this or was yesterday the culmination of 
the previous seven games control, you know, that be more pragmatic, control the game. You know, there are loads of stats doing the rounds about how this was Man City's, you know, probably poorest performance in quite some time. Like they, they had four shots at goal, not on target, four shots at goal. The last time they had that few was in 2010. Also ha- against, that, also had against us. Zero, didn't he? NXG of zero. I mean, that is just absolutely <laughs> superb. Um, yeah. Other, the other stat about City and their f- four shots only Wolves have had fewer shots in a game this season. Like more this that, isn't please. about City. To keep telling me yeah, more, this more isn't stats about like City. that. This, I've got I've got one more. <laughs> Just sixteen percent of City's touches were in the final third. That is the lowest percentage in any of their games over the last three seasons. Now that's mm-hmm. not. And, and we when we saw the teams announced before kickoff, we looked at City's front four, and thought, ah, that's terrifying. Mm. That's a really, you know, we didn't obviously at the same time observe that perhaps without De Bruyne and Rodri, how were these front four going to be served or serviced, if you like? Um, mm. But it was a more conservative game. I've seen the neutrals complain about how much of a poor uh, spectacle it was for the Premier League. And quite frankly, I th- couldn't care less about that. It it was about time we had a game that wasn't quite harem scarem. You you attack, we attack. We did have, and that takes us on nice, neatly, a neat segue to the teams, the team news. I guess again, none of us got the team, the first eleven right. But you know, Arteta's bluffing and double bluffing with uh, Saka, kind of th- threw us off completely. But Jorginho starting instead of Havertz, and Rice pushing further forward. That was the biggest, I guess, team news. But Steph. What was your reaction to the, the team news when it was announced? And again, kind of linking to that control and Arteta's new way of setting us out this season, perhaps. Well, I don't think it was hugely surprising. And uh, well, it was surprising Jorginho was starting, but you, you know what he's going to bring to the starting lineup. So therefore, in discussing the lineup when it came out in the in the walk up to the ground uh, with my pal, you could rationalise it you could say okay that's Jorginho and Rice you know sitting trying to win the ball keep the ball when we don't have it uh, and when we do have it able to to progress uh, you know calmly and 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 as efficiently as possible and it seemed to sort of work a treat really um, albeit I think City actually did start quite well we had a couple of you said harem scarum moments sort of early on but generally I think it's all lended into that idea of a, a, a calmness. The bit that worried me was just the way that the game was going with the yellow cards um, because Jorginho actually got one in the first half. And that worried me ever so slightly because I just thought if, if City do turn up the pace, he is a player that's not known for his uh, pace. So therefore could quite easily be turned and that, that one yellow card could turn into two. But no, otherwise you could understand the logic, you know, with all the injuries and the fitness um, around it, you know, I could see why you wouldn't necessarily start Partey after so long out into a into a game of such intensity, um, and maybe also really, I don't know. It was weird because I would have said maybe we would start a little bit deeper, but 
if anything, we started quite high and pressed quite high. Um, and it was only when their midfielder, Rico Lewis, kind of started to dictate midfield a little bit after a few minutes because um, his pace and his energy was was what really meant that they could then get on top of things um, that we then started to, you know, withdraw ever so slightly. And it became that, you know, back and forth, ebbing and flowing that the, that we sort of expected. And like you say, not the biggest spectacle in the world, but but who cares? You know, we've tried going at them and leaving things open and look how that's worked out. You know, if if we have to, you know, it's death by a thousand cuts if necessary uh, in order to get the result, because ultimately against Man City, the re- the result matters more than the performance. In particular for us. Especially <laughs> for them. us. Yes. Um, and Chris, then up front, then we had Eddie through the middle and Jesus wide right and Trossard wide left. Hmm. How were you feeling when you saw that? I was concerned about the the lack of pace and where we would find an outlet for when we were under pressure. And, and so it came to pass, I think, because we insisted on bringing them onto us, inviting the press, and I'm sure we'll come to the hairy, scary moments, but... It was it was admirable that they stuck to that principle, but pretty much every time we would play it long out after the press and it would just come straight back. There didn't seem to be enough of a, a, an outlet because obviously we don't have pace. You couldn't put it in behind Carl Walker. There's no point. We were trying to make it stick and then build from there. And uh, I would ha- have preferred Captain Hindsight here, but it would have been interesting to see Havertz start up top as he did in the Rumblow's shield because it, it, <laughs> it, it, he proved that it, he could play that role the hold up role and I just felt we we, we missed that um, on the rare occasion where we sort of broke and pl- actually played it through midfield then it was okay but we did go we did look for those long balls quite a lot and they just came straight back so that I was concerned about in, in terms of the team selection but and I had your concerns as well about uh, Jorginho starting I don't know how many times they've played together before, but I think in the end what happened was they essentially formed like a double pivot, didn't they? Every time they were out of possession, I could take a photo every time and it was four, two, three, one, like a regimented. And then as they grew into the game, they started to kind of alternate positions. One would drop, one would go forward and it was just clockwork by the end. Steph, you said, you you turned to me during the game and said you wanted to know what the outball was. For, for inviting the press on. So linking with what Chris just said, mm. there wasn't an obvious out ball. And that kind of links to the first 10 minutes. And we definitely started on the back foot. They had uh, an opportunity from a corner, which we conceded sloppily in the first instance. So Rice misplaced a pass out for a throw-in. And from the throw-in, they got a corner. Raya came for the corner and was nowhere near the get, getting to the pitch of the ball, flight of the ball. And um, was it uh, Vardiol had a header or volley and Rice headed it off the line and it, it, it went out and it, it came around again and Harlan got a little flick on and it fell for, um, was it Nathan Aki or was Aki. it? Yeah. And he, he kind of volleyed it over when he really should have scored. And it, all this was in the first like three or four minutes. And uh, I, I listened to a bit of the commentary uh, on Sky and Gary Neville was talking about David Rye and he's, he's saying along the lines of, I have I can spot a nervous keeper a mile away and this is a nervous keeper. And there was that 
I don't know what minute it was, but where um, Alvarez <laughs> charged him down. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you want luck in, in a game against Man City. You need a bit of luck, especially when the referee's not going to do his job and send the player off. <laughs> you need that little bit of luck. And that block, I mean... <laughs> He let Raya let it run across his body. First of all, I couldn't we couldn't really see it from where we were sat, but on the replay, he let it run across his body for starters, and that was almost terminal. Yeah. And the block just went the other side of the post. I mean, it could so e- as easily have gone in, and we got the you know for our goal, we got the deflection that took it, you know, wrong foot the keeper. So two bits of luck got kind of fortune, good fortune went our way in that sense. But the crowd were really screaming at David Raya. And he he was doing what he was told. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, post-match Arteta has come out and, you know, he's he's obviously probably going to say that to protect his player anyway. But let's face it, all keepers, or especially, you know, this, this modern breed of kind of sweeper-keeper are coached that way. We've seen Edison do it. We've seen Allison do it. You know, the, the, the top keepers play out from the back. And on occasion... When, when the pass isn't quite right or when, you know, they hesitate for a moment, you know, they will be put under pressure and, and, and it when it doesn't work, it does look very silly. But I think the key thing is that, that they ought to use their initiative and in an instance sure. where you think you're in danger of conceding, you just lump it long and you say, well, if, you, if the manager's going to shout at me, fine. But I thought in that situation, it was better to just get rid of it. Yeah, yeah that's what but that's what I Ramsdale would. does. And now Ramsdale's number two. But you've just said yourself, you know, fine line between, you know, if you stick to the principles so rigidly and don't use your initiative. But that's, but Arteta doesn't, he's not, he, he's not interested in that. Rams, that's what, exactly what Ramsdale does. Ramsdale has said himself for both, that he though, had to there? come. Ramsdale, for well, not, no, there isn't. No, not, not, with, not, from, not with Arteta there isn't, clearly. Because Ramsdale said in a, an interview that he and Arteta have come to an agreement about how he plays that keeper role. And that's the... Well, you may have come to an agreement, mate, but you're now number two. You can't legislate for when you get a short back pass or something where you're forced into doing something instinctive, is what I'm saying, rather than, yes, I agree, you stick to the principles of play out whenever you can. But I just feel like there should be occasions where they just leather it if they but feel But he did like- go long, actually, in the first few minutes as well. We we actually thought that he was going to do a lot more of a balanced, a varied approach. But he didn't, after that, go long much at all. However, you've got to say that he did grow into the game and in the second oh, half. Oh, second half. He, he I was, was really I was good. just going to say, you know, then it's clearly the mark of the... The, the player and the man for, to have recovered from that, from what was a nervy start, if that's how we're sort of describing it, to then actually retain that composure and get back to those principles, you know. And it might be something, you know, I, I can't think back to, to Ramsdale's performances, you know, where he's, you know, had a similar kind of thing. But, you know, Arteta even said in his press conference that, you know, some players in those moments, you know, when they're caught yeah. out, won't then afterwards take the risks. And it, you can't help but think that that is obviously a comment on, you know, how That's things have been pre- previously. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, to call it a dig sounds more, much more of a personal attack, but... Sideswipe. But it's certainly, but it's, <laughs> but it's an idea. It's an idea to try and just get everyone, you know, saying that this this is the way now and it's... Um, it's it's how he wants things to be done, and and it's one of those things. Uh, uh, this is what we love about him because we've all been sort of laughing at Ten Hag as he throws another Man United player under the bus, you know, with to create the world's biggest speed hump of Man United players. Um, 
<laughs> Whereas I like Arteta, <laughs> Arteta always says, you know, things don't work out, blame me. Because I'm the one who trained them. I'm the one who tells them what to do. And the, uh, these are great players who will use their initiative on occasion. Of course they will, you know, in, in, in certain uh, situations. But ultimately, bigger picture, there's a, there's a game plan to be had. And, and you've said it right. The, we've said it's been a bit of a almost lacklustre start to the season because... We haven't yeah, clicked into those top gears, <laughs> but now you through view it through the the prism of actually what it's been is a very measured start to the season, where we're not trying to you know blow everyone away right from the beginning. What we're trying to do is pace ourselves. This is a long it's, distance race. This isn't. It's a not about the. It's not about the journey now. It's about the destination. <laughs> see, it's moved. It's changed. I was right all along. Maybe it has. Maybe that's the point. So we're not allowed to enjoy any of this. <laughs> We've no, got to no, wait until the we, end. Of course we can enjoy it. We enjoy it, you know, the same way anyone does. But at the same time, it's it's trying to enjoy it in the context of, of what's to come as well. Yeah, no, it's more measured, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's, Just on Raya, I saw someone tweet that was probably his biggest ever game of football, club, mm. club game. Oh, easily. And so... Clean That's, you just said, Steph, a, a testament to his character. I think he they made all a uh, came out in the second half with a, yeah, that they? kind of yeah. verve and yeah. you know confidence and whatever was said at half time, and they must have felt that yeah, we've got something to build on here. We've we've played yes, quite a kind of rigid, conservative. The passes were snappier. There was pace. Mm. It was just. It, I mean, I haven't gone through it like with a fine tooth comb or anything, but the only notable thing that I really want to go over in the first half is 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 Kovacic mm-hmm. and mm. his I, I don't know I, it's, again I don't, I'm, not, I'm not screaming corruption and I know there's plenty of um, um, conspiracists going around but when you consider that's the same referee who <laughs> booked Martinelli twice in eight seconds and sent him off now maybe he's learned his lesson from then and maybe he wants to keep 22 players on the pitch and I do think he had a decent game outside of those two incidents I I, I do I think I have to acknowledge that but even with, within that context it's even worse that he failed to send off Kovacic now I, I don't know Chris you've got a different viewpoint in the stadium to myself and Steph it, it, we saw people around us with stills of the contact point after a while from the uh, the Erdegaard tackle. But mm. you would have had a pretty decent angle from where you were sat and to what that looked like. I mean, I don't understand how that wasn't a straight red. But then no. within 90 seconds to, to follow it up with that mm. ankle tap on Declan Rice, another yellow card. I mean, like, I don't understand. What, what happened? Why, is, why did he stay on the pitch? Well, VAR was... Uh, partly responsible as well wasn't it it can't just be down to Oliver if he sees it and then VAR are there to have another look and say to him in his ear look this is more than a yellow they failed to so yes he's culpable but VAR have got a lot to answer for well they could VAR couldn't get involved in the first one because it wasn't a yellow isn't that right the second He'd, the second one the sorry second the second one, second one, one fl- yeah well it flashed up on the screen didn't it <clears throat> VAR looking the, at it possible for the, the first, first one. one for the first yeah. one yeah I, but you've seen it again, Steph. What do you think? Well, I, I only disagree ever so slightly because I'm not sure. I'm not sure the first one is a definite red. I, look, I'm I'm not happy with it at all, and you know, it, it catches Odegaard in a different way, and it could it could be a, a you know an injury. But 
for VAR to review it as they did, to see it as a clear and obvious error, I can see that some people would maybe, you know, disagree on that. Some would say it's a yellow, some would say it's a red, and therefore, ultimately, it's not a clear and obvious error. Curtis Jones last week? Well, I was just going to say, do they want to ruin a spectacle? Well, I mean, yeah. Curtis Jones was less of a red card than, than... Covid, just in my well, opinion. Well, yeah. So, so if they've had a directive to, you know, look at the Curtis Jones thing and say, Kurt, look, yeah, mm-hmm. Curtis Jones went for the ball, but, missed the ball, and lost control. Covid just didn't go for the ball. But f- for me, it it's was more near about. It. So, the point of bookings for players is f- to send them a message to say that there's <laughs> yeah. something in your play that is not not right. It's not in the spirit of the game or it's endangering another opponent or, you know, it's just, it's foul play or whatever it is. You know, for Kovacic to make a challenge like that on Odegaard and then literally moments later make the same tackle using exactly the same technique, you know, and and still late. It, it just beggars belief that he commits the same, same foul, the same error in the same way and it's not treated the same. I think that's the bit that gets me. Like the referee hasn't treated it the same, and it's 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 almost identical. And then I nearly I nearly spat my tea all over the telly yesterday when ha- <laughs> oh, having Danny got Murphy. back. Hold on, no, not Danny Murphy. It was the commentator. So I got back in time to watch match of the day oh, two. Yeah. I'm watching match of the day two, and the commentator, don't know who it was, said, "Oh yeah, in that instance, it's almost like Rice's foot meets." Kovacic's in the same way. Yeah, it was fault. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Like, the perception of that is very, very bizarre. Like, yes, Rice has slightly gone to take the ball, but no, Kovacic is is diving. He's got one foot off the floor. He's he's going in. He's late. And I just, I just, I don't know. And... uh, Maybe, maybe. Therefore, this is the answer. Maybe we we can see why some some referees, you know, do see things completely different to us because there will be people out there like that commentator who just sees it in such a bizarre way that you know. It's just I, I just wonder how much the PGMOL are in their ears, particularly following a recent catastrophe that uh, the Spurs game was. That that they kind of freeze in that situation, and and that plays into it. But this will be glossed over now because, because we it won. didn't affect the result. Because we won, yeah. yeah. And it didn't have a big bearing. Ex- yeah, except Oliver is still w- w- must be acutely aware that he's made a mistake there. He, you can't watch that back and think, well, those two tackles. He, he hasn't seen, you know, on the pitch, he's only seen each of them once. Fair enough. But looking back on replays, he, he will look at that and think, oh, that's... I, there's no way he should have stayed on the pitch for both of those tackles, you know, accumulative yeah. at, at, at worst, you know. So anything else in the first half that you want to comment on or it was quite cagey, but it was chess. even, Steph? Well, I mean, sort of on that same point, um, I thought I thought the atmosphere was really good yesterday. It didn't have the sort of rowdiness that, you know, it would do against Spurs because it's them lot up the road, but it definitely built and built and built. And what I really liked is it, it did sort of carry over into the into the stands. But there was a period, you know, maybe the shaky start um, played into it a little bit, but there was certainly a moment um, early to sort of midway on through the first half where I felt like the crowd... It wasn't that the crowd was subdued. It just felt like everyone was just transfixed mm. watching the game because there was, there, there, I don't know, it wasn't that there was even any sort of obvious pattern of play. It was a constant sort of 
Okay, we'll try down this channel. That was cut off. Okay, we'll try down this channel. That was cut off. And it was, I mean, to use a boxing analogy, you know, it was it was like watching, you know, Klitschko in his sort of dominant era where he would never rush anything. You know, he, it was never wild swings. It was always calm, sort of jab, hide behind the jab, see what the opposition can bring on. And it was like we were both boxers just sort of testing each other out, see, seeing where the weaknesses were. Um, and then what worried me is um, it, it was then going to remind me of something. Um, the boxer Tony Bellew once spoke about fighting Alex, Alexander Usyk, who's obviously the current world champion. He said, Alexander Usyk, after four rounds, you're tired, not physically because you're boxing, but you're just trying to think. You're trying to anticipate because his speed and his movement is all over. And I was worried that the way City sort of started, you know, kind of on the front foot a bit, I was worried that we were going to, we were going to tire in that sense. But like you say, something happened at half time and we just looked that little bit sharper and that little bit more aggressive, but not in a way that felt like it was going to spill over. It, it, it was that kind of measured, it was still measured. control, yeah. aggression. Yeah, that, that, that really was pleasing. There were a couple of other no- moments of note in the first half and they did get the crowd going. Two of them belonged to Saliba when he absolutely beasted Haaland. The first challenge was brilliant because it set the tone for them to. And then Eddie, do you remember Eddie doing yeah. a, a mad chase down towards where you sit, mm-hmm. Chris? And he just put a slight, you know, sprinted across the fields. Not last ditch tackle because it was out on the touchline, but it got the crowd yeah. going. And we saw oh, he, Erdegaard he a couple it. of times. He, for that reason, but that's, that's great. It's what you want to see, isn't it? And that's Eddie all over. There were a lot of complaints around me about Eddie. He had a chance in the first half, didn't he, where he cut inside really nicely and then just got his connection wrong and sent it wide. We thought that was really close. But it, it wasn't. wasn't. <laughs> but, but, you know, he's he can't, you can't fault his effort. And I know it's it's a bit of a cliche now with Eddie, but we, we know what he's about. We, we can't just keep banging on about it. Well, it, 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 it wasn't a game of a lot of chances and it was never going to be a game of a mm. lot of chances. So he, he's, his lot was always going to be a bit of a mm. work hard lot yeah well I, I said late on that I've I've cheered more tackles today than I have anything else <laughs> than I have shots or chances <laughs> let's leave it there for the first half and when we come back we'll we'll get into the second half and the crowning glory of Martinelli's winner see you in a bit oh. Welcome back to the North Bank podcast. Second half time for us now. Half time, we made a change. Trossard, who had picked up a knock in in the first half, which we weren't aware of. I certainly wasn't. And Martinelli came on. And as we've alluded to already, our presence, our attitude on the pitch was just very different to the first half. We were much more on the front foot. So Martinelli with and without the ball poses a very different problem for any defending team. And it's a case of, you know, you normally start your games with your strongest 11 and we'll look at this with the other substitutions, but every substitution we made actually made us stronger. Mm. Which So as the game was progressing and maybe City were tiring and they made changes, their changes weren't making their team stronger, but our changes were definitely making us more of a threat and us stronger. But yeah, so the first five, 10 minutes of the second half, Chris, Mm. from your vantage point, how are you feeling? As I said, they looked 
galvanised that they'd taken something from the first half and, and built on it. And obviously Arteta had said, look, you know, you've, you've done the hard work, now you need to just express yourselves a bit more, be more confident. There was just that extra pace to the passing and the running off the ball. You know, Martinelli makes a huge difference, doesn't he? They were, they were doubling up on him straight away. They knew immediately that he was a threat. And that, of course, opens things up in that pod, in that left pod. Uh, and we just grew in fluency, as you mentioned, Rice came into it more, didn't he? Until City had their little spell, but you can't take anything away from from uh, our, our application in that in that opening, say ten fifteen minutes. It was excellent. Steph, how are you feeling? Oh, I mean, I always worry when a player comes back from injury because you know, will they be able to sort of hit the ground running, and will they be having the impact that we want them to have? Will they be rushed back too soon and then pick up another injury? And I don't really remember a player coming back and seeming to hit the ground running so quickly like Martinelli Instantly. did. He looked like he was just naught to 60 in just a flash and was on it and had them, you know, pegged back a little bit. And it was just instant kind of like revitalization. It was it was really important uh, for us because we know what a big miss Saka is to us and, and would be to any team in the world at the minute. But but Martinelli gave us some much needed sort of unpredictability and pace and right, it was just more direct. Brilliant. More direct. He'd go yeah. down the outside. Trossard wouldn't go down the outside at all. That's not his game. That's not, no. Um but Martinelli, yeah. He, he could go inside, cut inside, go on the outside, and that's the whole point. He he keeps the defenders guessing. Hmm. I wonder if as well Martinelli sort of epitomizes that we've almost got like this um this this half and half squad where we've got those that are in the sunlight and getting all the praise and then the others that are in the shadows that are just as good and just as important. So, you know, Saka is on one side and he's everyone's star boy and he's absolutely brilliant, of course. But Martinelli is almost maybe a bit underappreciated. I feel weird saying that, but do you know what I mean? He's He doesn't court the headlines in the same way Saka does. I don't know Saka's English and he gets that side of things in our press and everything as well. But Martinelli really is class and it's the same in defense you know Saliba on one side being lauded as you know uh, just this this exceptional sort of talent in in defense but Gabriel is also absolutely magnificent yeah just everywhere you look I've, I, I, when was the last time we were talking before we came on air about an incident that involved Mustafi years ago and to think <laughs> that we've come this far it just feels like a diff- different club that I'm supporting. Well, now. it is. It's, it's night and day. It's <laughs> it just unreal. Is, yeah. We are in, we are in dreamland, and I know we shouldn't get carried away because it's only what game eight and it's October and everything like that. But Jesus Christ! I mean, Jesus! I've just mentioned Jesus. What about Jesus <laughs> up front? It's yeah. just unreal. But it's it's it. What you've just described plays into why I was more confident than I thought I would be, you know, in the run-up to the game. Because because you look at our players and they're just bloody good. Like, solid. Like, <clears throat> you, 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 there is not a better centre-back pairing than those two. Someone said, I don't know who it was, no one talks about Rice's uh, transfer fee. <laughs> it just doesn't, it's just not mentioned. We'll get on to have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, absolutely. It's like so. And uh, Gary Neville said on in, in the post match um, analysis yesterday, he said if Arsenal keep fit, Saliba, 
Gabriel and Rice, they'll win the league. <laughs> Cheers. He's backed us to win the league. I'd also just like anyway, to add he... that, that my prediction of a defeat says probably it's way more about me than it is the team and the players. Trust me. Oh, oh I know. <laughs> <laughs> just on the on the actual, um, because I've seen people talk about, you know, they were without, without Rodri and, and De Bruyne. And the, the Rodri absence, he's the three games he's missed through suspension, they've lost all three. As soon as he got that red card and I did the quick calculation that he was going to miss our game, that's the moment I became confident. And I jokingly said a couple of weeks ago that, uh, this is before the, they played Wolves and before we played Bournemouth, that, oh, never mind, that's in two weeks' time, we'll beat City to go top. Obviously, jokingly at the time, and we haven't gone top technically because that lot have managed to beat another relegation team. We, um, but... To counter City's absences, i.e. Rodri and De Bruyne, we didn't start that game with Saka, Martinelli or Party. There's three of our starting 11. And, you know, City are coming from the treble. So they're... they're, they're Throw Timber they're, in that they're, as well. Um, yes, mm. yeah, potentially Timber. Although, I mean, um, Timber must be some player to oust um, Zinchenko or Ben White, oh, I think. Oh, can we talk um, about Ben White nutmegging uh, Doku, <laughs> oh, please? Doku. On his birthday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Brilliant. oh, do you remember how you celebrated your birthday? Well, I've got this gif here that I'm going to show that you. That was after we scored. That was after that goal, wasn't it? It was that late on. Bloody brilliant. Yeah. I, I love it's ben like, White. just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, back to the second half. There's not a lot happened, but the City did then have a spell mm. around the 60 minute mark where they started taking control. And we noticed it because there was none of the play up our end and we're in the. <laughs> the North Bank was all down the other end yeah. and we're like looking at we kept I just kept look, furtively looking at the bench who's he calling who's he got City made their three changes and I can't remember who came on but there were Stones Nunes Doku. and Doku. Doku came on right fine again like I've just said I don't think that made them much stronger but I was curious to see what kind of reaction we'd make to that and straight away or within five minutes we were lined up our three changes. Go on, Chris. Yeah, uh, it, it was targeting Zinchenko on, on the right, on our left. Mm. And uh, he actually dealt with Doku quite well. There was a, one incident in particular where he, he robbed him of the ball and came out with it. And I thought, oh, thank God for that. Because he's, as we know, he's not a natural defender. And then I thought our, uh, our substitutions were perfectly timed uh, to counter theirs in a way. Tommy come on and then Doku of course looks at him and thinks I don't fancy that I'll have a go on the other side <laughs> so he thought yeah he'd... okay F finish yeah finish that little story what does Arteta tell Tommy Asu to do then uh, what go up front yeah he did he he told them to yeah he he told in him in the presser afterwards he said oh, obviously I don't speak Japanese well enough because <laughs> I told I didn't tell him to do He's, that he said that he told him to or I've seen written that he told him to get himself forward when he can because Doku's gone to the other side it's one of the things that Arteta raves about in Pep, that he can make these tweaks in-game mm -hmm. that have a direct impact on the outcome. Mm -hmm. It's something that he hasn't done against City until yesterday because that was an in-game tweak. He reacted to, first of all, he reacted to Pep's substitutions with his own substitutions. But then subsequent to that, he made that, he, he had, observed or noticed that Doku had gone was no longer that direct threat this side. So Tommy Asu had a little bit more freedom to to bomb on. And again, the substitutions, because you just alluded to it, all four substitutes played a role in our goal. And 
you, you can't ask for more than that. But the second party came on. Mm-hmm. Calm. That was it. That for me, that was that was that nullified any threat City had. It was just it was it that instant calm. And as you said, we we became stronger yeah. with every substitution, which is so rare to see. Uh, it's usually if you're shoring up to hold on to a win, you might bring on an extra defender or anything. But this was like a notch up in quality. It was uh, to suit and, the and game. And that's without, yeah, and that's without Smith Rowe, Vieira. Mm-hmm. Uh, was did Nelson come? Who did, did Nelson? Nelson didn't come up, no. did he? No, he didn't. So that's about Smith Rowe, Vieira, Nelson, and Saka. Mm. We're, we're good, <laughs> boys. You need you need to have a bit more faith. <laughs> We've just been wounded too much. That's why we were slightly less confident. <laughs> well, I I felt the same in a completely different way. Felt the same about Partey entering the field as as Martinelli. You know, those, those same. You know, is it too soon? Uh, it's a it's a big game for him to come into, but whereas obviously Martinelli brings energy and pace and dynamism, you know Partey just brought that control. His reading of the game is cutting out of passes, um, and and then to you know release and the pass, pass and, and start yeah. attack that pass for the for the well, assist is unreal. Tommy Asu made the pass because he made the run before, and then so sure. Partey saw Tommy Asu make the run. Um, I can't remember who pulled wide. It must be. Martinelli pulled wide, yeah. mm. create that little space for Tommy Asu to dart forwards into. Party spotted it, picked him out. What a beautifully cushioned header from Tommy Asu. It's like he's been doing that his whole career. And Havertz probably, I don't know, you know, he used his strength because he was buffeted by the defender and then had the presence of mind to put just to lay it off, mm-hmm. perfectly weighted. Made Martinelli's mind up for him, you know. There's, he's going to curl it into the far corner, and uh, thank you, Nathan Aki. <laughs> yeah, Aki's back. I'm not convinced it was. I'm not convinced it was going in. It well, no, it was. It was on target, but it wasn't going in. I think, <laughs> I think no. I think Edison would have Edison would have had it with one hand, wouldn't he? I, I just want to just touch on Havertz because seeing him play so well in that kind of cameo for me, sort of raises more questions than it does answers because it, it, it now makes you think, well, if he is so good, naturally good in that sort of position, why are we trying to repurpose him and will it work and why don't we just play him up front? Because we have a need for that position, I, I guess, I guess, unless you play party... And but you, that works so you, you well now, doesn't it? Part, party Rice. Yeah, yeah. Part, party and Rice, I think, would be our first choice. I think that's a... You look at Gabriel and Saliba. I, can we just say Saliba's 22 bloody years old? Can I read you some stats on Saliba whilst, we're, whilst I've mentioned Ooh, yes, him, right? <laughs> <laughs> he won 100% of his duels yesterday. Uh, he completed 97% of his passes. He did not commit a single foul or get dribbled past once. Haaland has an XG of 0, 0, 0, 0, as many zeros as you want. And in the 35 Premier League games Saliba has started, we've only lost three. The guy is immense, like 22. And he's been doing all of that with only nine toes. What? You've got a broken toe. (laughs) He's pulled out of the French squad because he's been carrying quite a nasty little toe injury so he's I don't know whether it's an ongoing thing so 
he's he's been injured as well whilst doing all of that. Like so, eighty six minutes, mm. sheer chaos, bedlam, white noise. <laughs> yeah. It was. I mean, there was it just was. limbs. I was up on my seat and like, people were just jumping and cheering. There's a guy who sits and, behind yeah. me and he's been there ever since we moved into the Emirates and I've not said a single word to the guy. So it's not <laughs> through, you know, being rude or anything and he's never said a word to me which is because my back's to him all the time. And I felt his hairy arms around me for the first time. <laughs> I thought, what's going on here? And I turned around and there's this big beaming face and it was the first time he basically, he, he just cracked. He'd lost oh. it. And he was just beaming with delight. And I thought, why not? Let's have a hug after got how many years? Go 13 on. years or something ridiculous. Yeah. That we've been there. 2006. That's a long time. 17. 17 yeah. years. As long as I've been married. That's... <laughs> this guy has now come oh, along. I was going to say, you've had more meaningful interactions with him. <laughs> so there we go. It meant, it meant a lot, didn't it? it meant Beautiful. And and I've already mentioned earlier that at that point, I mean, so we were jumping and celebrating. The noise was off the scales again. I mean, I'm getting used to um, leaving the Emirates feeling like I've been at a nightclub. Ears ringing. Ears on ringing. The and so on the way home. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's mad. But then Indigo looked at me and says, Dad, what's, what's wrong? <laughs> this is, and I'm like, there's still like seven, eight minutes left. <laughs> There's still seven, eight minutes left. I'm like, that old response. And we did it against, look, we, we, look we, we've dropped four points this season in both games, both at home, both giving away a 2-1 lead. Yeah, it's a very rational fear. And you're playing City as well, for God's sake. Yes, absolutely. But I, there was zero threat. Yeah. It was so unexpected. It was so unexpectedly comfortable controlled yeah. and like I didn't fear oh I I, I definitely I did. did fear <laughs> at the time I was happy when Havertz dribbled it into the corner and it was all a bit but that was it as well they came down the corner into the corner the other side our side and then that side it was just I know when Havertz did that into the corner I had a little flashback to on redoing it and I thought oh god I'm with Danny Mills that one no, no, but no, 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 no. That was that was brilliant, and he still he still hates raging us for about it. that. And then the release at ninety-four minutes. That's great. And North London forever. You the boys angel, are knackered still. Look, the angel came Battered. in and just yeah. was brilliant. It was just a great moment because it wasn't that kind of again. It didn't feel jubilant. It just felt no, not even jubilant. There was no there was no sort of arrogance in the celebration. It was just. It was just happiness. There was a lot of relief in there, wasn't there? A lot Loads of relief. of relief as well, of course. Yeah, we beat beaten Dis- Man City. Disbelief, for, I think, as well. Disbelief. That we'd actually beaten them. They sort of got the monkey off our back. And I think looking forward, that's going to be interesting, isn't it? To see how they use this now, not just playing City, but everyone. It's just a, it's well, a huge thing for them. I'm amazed at how many people have made the correlation between the fact that, albeit it was on penalties, that, that we had the community shield against them. And these little psychological things are just kind of there, aren't they? Okay. You don't know you can do it until you've done it kind of thing. And then you go for it. And it's like, well, now we've beaten City. Surely we mm-hmm. can beat anyone. Mm-hmm. The thing, the, yeah. the, the, the litmus test, I suppose, coming up next will be when we have one of those tough, you know, Northwest away games um, at, at United or at Liverpool, which I know, uh, you know, later in the season. But 
you know, mm. the, those are the next sort of things. And and also just still not taking anyone else for granted because, you know, Fulham drew 2-2 with us, Forrest was nervy late on, so we can't can't also take anything for granted. But it feels like we have the depth, we have the control, uh, the professionalism to to hopefully hopefully do and do the great experience things. as well and the experience yeah well ramsdale said after the community shield when somebody pointed out that they were you know it was his glorified friendly he said no he said we've just beaten city yeah we'll take this into the league game with us mm-hmm. that you know so that that's what they that's what he was thinking on the day post yeah. community you know post community shield match yeah. city wanted to win it you know, make no bones about it. They oh. wanted to win the Community Shield. They tried to kill one of our coaches at the end. Didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I don't. They haven't really seen a huge amount. It of was that. Walker, I don't really know what's gone on. A Walker went up to him and gave it the sort. Of, it was a bit of handbags, really. Him a- and apparently um, that he, he was the Arsenal City. coach wanted to shake his hand, he? but Walker refused his handshake, and so he gave him a bit of verbals, and then Harland got affronted. And well, it is nice to see. I nice to see. Saw losers. Good, yeah. good, good. Get packing. Get in the changing rooms. Be miserable. Get used to it. We're here. <laughs> I, We're was, relevant. Uh, uh, funnily enough, washing my hands in the toilet um, afterwards. After Physical the story. On the way out. Well, here we go. Um, just uh, chat. Like you share that look with someone, you know, who's a perfect stranger, just going, you know, what have we just seen? And uh, he sort of said, have. Have we just made them angry? In the though? toilet. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know where that was going for a minute. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. But he said, he said, have we just made City angry? And I was like, oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Poked the bear. Yeah. Well, uh, not in the toilet. We're but, away uh, to yeah. Chelsea next. <laughs> we're, we're away to Chelsea next. So there's no complacency going to kick in there. It's the away to, away to Chelsea, away to Seville, and then home to Sheffield United. There's your. There's your little banana skin, the home to Sheffield United one, where we just got to turn up to win the game. Old Arsenal approach. But getting ahead of ourselves there mm. a little bit. Get everyone fit. Looking back four games to the last international break, um, we've beaten Everton away 1-0, Spurs drew 2-2 at home, Bournemouth away we won 4-0 and we beat City 1-0. So that's three wins and a draw, um, three clean sheets, 10 points, me and you, Chris, I can't remember which one of us said it, nine and ten points. Ten. Steph, six points you were, hope, you yeah, were happy with. I said brilliant. ten. And can I say we have more points at this stage of the season than we did last season? What about matchups, though? The, the same games I don't played, care. so not... <laughs> <laughs> well, well it'll we're be, three it'll be points up on City we're anyway. up on City. We were, we're probably yeah. two down on Fulham. We beat Spurs. That's two down on Spurs. We lost at Everton last season, so we're three up there. Three up there. So you know, there's there's a lot of pluses still to be had, and like you said, and say, we haven't even started playing well. No, no. we might not at we any point play, play well. We might win the league. And playing, win the league. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Before we leave the game, uh, Declan Rice, ninety percent passing accuracy, four duels, one three interceptions, three tackles, two key passes, one clearance off the line he was immense, immense. toss up between who's your man of the match Steph well I I said at the time and on the way home that it was Gabby Jesus I thought Gabby Jesus like was he was just focused he was tussling for every ball his touch was good mm. um, he was tricky every part of his game was really good in a position that you know I, I, I must admit I do prefer seeing him through the middle I thought he gave uh, Gavardial a, a, a torrid time, oh, yeah, torrid most, time yeah. most, most of the game and I thought he just epitomised what we did well and I must admit 
I underappreciated what Rice did in that game because Rice really was really was good watching watching what I could back again uh, afterwards. Um, you know, and maybe that's the sign of, of of a great performance that you know he did a lot of the stuff that that doesn't necessarily get noticed, but keeps you on top and in a game like that, which was was just magnificent. He is he is special. Chris, who was your man of the match? Saliba, I have to say, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to shut them out and to not give Haaland a sniff. That shoulder to shoulder in the first half, <laughs> where, oh, where have, uh, Haaland ends up on the floor looking like a crash test dummy. <laughs> Just beautiful. <laughs> beautiful. Yeah, a heap. But yeah, and then he tried his luck with Gabriel and he was having none of it either. And it, yeah, just didn't get any change out of them. It was wonderful. It's just, we have to keep everything crossed that those two play every game. They dovetail so beautifully, don't yeah. they? They've just And they're good mates off the pitch as well. And it shows, you know, they've got that relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, this is a nod to, to Michael Oliver as well. There are a couple of tussles between Saliba and Haaland that he just let go. He thought, no, six or one, half a dozen, exactly, but they could have yeah. been. Another more pernickety ref- official could easily have um, given like free kick to City for when, when it's that shoulder, when he dumped him on the on the ground. I mean, that was, I mean, that was as good as scoring a Shoulders goal. Shoulders to shoulder. Was, really. Yeah. Exactly. Yes, exactly. It's like, it's a contact sport, you know. And when we um, when we have like ecstatic celebrations, Saliba is now starting to uh, carve a little sort of groove out for himself, where he piles over the top of everyone else yeah. and basically into the crowd. You know, he did yeah, it yeah, very much that. at Bournemouth, and and then again uh, yesterday, which was just lovely to see. When he celebrates, he properly loses his mind. It's great. Well, he he lo- he does lose his mind, and that's really because he's got like. I, he's ice cold on the pitch. Yeah. But you know, the remember the Reese Nelson Bournemouth goal? He runs off by himself. Uh, but the camera follows him. Yeah. <laughs> the camera followed him. And he's Everyone's up, going he starts for punching Nelson the corner he's flag. He's running in the corner. It's brilliant. <laughs> Love it. That's how he did his back in. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was pretty special yesterday in a, in a season already where we, okay, admittedly, we haven't played brilliantly, but we've already got a few special moments. United late on and City not quite injury time but 86 minutes we'll take that just the other games of the weekend mm. um, Spurs won at Luton 1-0 I mean we all expected that Burnley came from one. no sorry Chelsea came from 1-0 down to thump Burnley 4-1 but you know, Burnley aren't up to much United is the one that kind of was the sticks in the, the crawl kick, the kick, yeah the kicker on Saturday United 3rd and 96th minute or whatever it was that McTominay scores two goals. But I think it's papering over the cracks for them, isn't it? I think yeah. you're exactly right. And we we said as much on the way home yesterday that, you know, long term, that, that obviously gives them a mini sort of buzz, but doesn't really solve anything because they've still got lots of players out injured. The player who scored the two goals is one that's basically been maligned and they wanted to sell in the summer. And so... Long term, that you're absolutely right. It does it. It doesn't save anything. I, I, Actually, I, I think we should just buy over Ivan Tony as punishment for Brentford for letting that go as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I actually think that them beating Brentford at home is is good. I'm I'm, I'm just feeling this right this second. Keeps I didn't Ten feel Hag it up until job, I thought. Yeah, yeah keeps Ten Hag in a job exactly. <laughs> the Sunday results were kinder. Much yes. So you know, Brighton Liverpool played out a two-two draw. Uh, West Ham, Newcastle, a 2-2 draw. And uh, what was the last game? 
Oh, yeah. Ours. That was us. Oh, just a plucky underdogs Arsenal beat Man City. The juggernaut with 115 charges still outstanding against them from the Premier League. <laughs> Alleged charges. Alleged charges, yeah. So we're not quite top. As someone pointed out, if the league title was handed out now, it would go to Spurs on the basis they scored two more goals. But, but you don't win the title after eight games. If we could just make that no. perfectly clear. But we take that. Two, the two draws are frustrating. If you, when you think of that as well, when you think of the fact we drew from 2-1 up against Fulham, who were down to 10 men at home, we're at home, you know, drop two points there, drop two points Spurs game when we just didn't play well at all. But we gifted you know, those goals. You look at that yeah. Jorginho goal and, oh my God. It, it, it's a pretty... It's still almost flawless. It is. It, like, it's a pretty spectacular start to the season in a very unspectacular way. Yeah. It just feels... It just feels... Um, that sort of sums gear. up yesterday. Sort of sums up yesterday. You know, it was a spectacular result against City with, without being the most amazing performance. Although so, I, I have to say, I found the game enthralling. I was, oh, I couldn't I was, take my eyes oh, off it. yeah. Because you were always waiting for something to happen because something could have happened at any moment because, because of the so quality good. of the two teams. Good teams yeah. and yeah. such good players that, that it was like that. And I, I think back to the Mourinho, Benitez, Wenger era where actually the games against the top four, as it was then, really stunk the place out because neither team really wanted to give anything away. There was a lot of cancelling each other out. And we're at that level with City now where it is, it is closer. And, and last season... You know, we were with them at the in the home game until, um, you know, late on they scored a couple of goals, um, and then you know in the game at theirs, we were without Saliba and we just couldn't couldn't mm. rest that control in the game that that we were aspiring to, and now we've made certain improvements in the in the squad. You know, having Rice in there, and then having Saliba fit just just makes that difference. We 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 can go toe to toe with them and. I'm just buzzing for the next round. I'm so annoyed it's an international break. <laughs> I'm not. You're not. I think it. I think it's good because Saka's going to get his rest. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, for that, Martinelli, absolutely. Martinelli, party. Um, um, they're not going away with their international teams. Mm. Trossard, I don't think his injury is serious. He did, If he didn't, he wasn't substituted like in-game. It was at half-time. It was a hammy, wasn't it? yeah. Yeah, and he did have a hamstring injury initially, and so maybe he has been kind of carrying that. Mm. And the fact that Martinelli was on the bench gave Arteta a kind of green light to say, "Well, okay, let's let's not risk Trossard getting a more serious injury. Mm. Let's put Martinelli on for forty-five minutes." So actually, there's quite a few players. I mean, Ben White isn't called up, so there's quite a few of the first eleven around now. And they, they, Arteta's already said they've got a few days off to recharge and so on. Obviously, Rice is is going away hopefully he doesn't play in the in the friendly and uh, they can play him against Italy perhaps on well, hopefully next Tuesday. England can give Calvin Phillips a few minutes I mean how ridiculous is that sentence yeah any other business boys I mean over the weekend I don't know what sort of there any other business news you're going to bring in but obviously there was the the women played and had a an absolute screamer of a goal at the end to to draw two two away at Man United, and they've given a new deal to Idaval, the uh, the coach. So, but it's still an iffy start in the. It's been a poor start. I mean, league. City and Chelsea drew one uh, one yesterday as well, didn't they? Yeah. And so that's good for Arsenal that the, the kind of two main rivals dropped points 
both drop points it kind of minimizes the damage somewhat but that's a a pretty poor start I don't know what the I know it's, it's Aston Villa at the Emirates next up for Arsenal women I don't know what the attendant what the the sales are on that game um I can't imagine it, it'll match the 54,000 mm-hmm. for Liverpool but um hopefully they start to click into gear a little bit because they've been getting a few pelters online for their start to the season yeah any other did you mention a first professional contract for what's his name Miles Lewis Skelly yeah looks like a good player it's quite a good few youngsters sort of you know there or thereabouts we obviously have got Nguyenieri who played against Brentford last year um, Sago who played in the um, was it the Champions League match no League Cup match wasn't it um, against Brentford mm. so you know as well as you know the potential signings that we might make there's still that foundation of uh, young players coming through, which is great to see. Yeah, the the Pedro Neto link remains strong. Imagine getting Neto and Tony in January. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, misses. He can play he can play both wings as well, Neto. I didn't realise that. He, he's oh, equally God. adept on both sides, so cover for Martinelli and Saka. <laughs> the problem with that and, is the the quandary then is we would have to sell. You know, I don't think we're in a financial position to just keep buying. So it would then be the conversation about who. Um, I know, who I know way. who you're thinking of. Well, Smith Rowe, isn't it? Yeah. Right. We're going to end it there. Oh, don't end <laughs> it don't, there. Don't end it on a downer. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're top of the league, ish, undefeated. Yeah. Like we've just beat Man City. We've just beat the greatest team in the world ever, bar none, obviously. So, ergo, we are now the greatest team in the world undisputed isn't that how it works anyway it's bedtime clearly (laughs) Uh, on the wane somewhat have a great couple of weeks downtime and uh, we'll, we'll catch up at some point for a look forward to the next set of games and a more in depth look ahead to the Chelsea game later than that again so wherever you are have a good one see you next time see you guys cheers Bye. The North Bank, an Arsenal podcast. Subscribe, rate and review on your app and find us on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at NorthBankPod. Email hello at thenorthbankafc.com and check out our website, thenorthbankafc.com. Produced by The Podcast Company. England made Saka report yeah. so that they could bloody test him, though, didn't they? At least he didn't have to travel far, did he? Was it St George's Park, is it, up the road? It's in the Midlands, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it would be, yeah. Gets on his little private jet. <laughs> Not Bacayo. <laughs> is that uh, the inflatable unicorn that he rides on? Yeah. <laughs> it just gets carried by the hand of God wherever he goes. <laughs> yeah, travelled by hand of God. There you go.